Nonetheless, this fan had reached some milestone attendance, and Murphy came out to talk to him, which was super cool. And there are a bunch of cameras there, of course, and they're catching that. So I'm just overlooking this, and I didn't have any business with Mark. Like, I didn't need to bother him, whatever. But you know who did? Solstice lady, <laughs> right up there. I'm <laughs> Shaking his hand. I'm, I'm sure he humors it, right? He's like, hello. hello. He was. He's very gracious, but Hi, obviously had lady. other things to get back to. But had to think, right? As soon as they get back behind closed doors, got to be some conversation about these characters out here, right? <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Twelve on this Monday morning. Is anybody else complaining about this besides us? The Secret Service response to the car slamming into the president's motorcade, parked as it may have been. But it hasn't like, gotten Have a you lot read of a lot about no. people saying like, "Hey, what gives here?" Maybe it's how we're reading the situation, watching it on video. Maybe we're just super observant, smart dudes. <laughs> that could be. Pro- it too. That's probably it. So. Talking about it earlier, the car slammed into the staging of the president's motorcade. And you've covered presidential motorcades and that. There are mm-hmm. a whole bunch of vehicles in it. There's support, even when it's not a major event. And the president was just apparently having dinner with some volunteers and folks who work at his campaign headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware, and was leaving that event. So it was a smaller motorcade. He was going to go back to, I think, the family residence from there. Wasn't going back to Washington just yet, but... So they're staging the various vehicles that are involved and having actually one year during a campaign, I was in the motorcade. They had a bus full of media following President Gore or Vice President Gore's campaign through Wisconsin. And so the motorcade is robust. You have the president's vehicle. Sometimes you have that extra vehicle that maybe they don't want to admit, but right, is a decoy vehicle. So if someone has nefarious intent, you wouldn't know exactly which one the president is in. There's staff and others who ride in different cars. Yeah. You have Secret Service in at least one vehicle. There's one vehicle in this motorcade that I was in where the back window was open, particularly when they were around crowds. And there are a couple of well-armed Secret oh, yeah. Service people just looking out. With Surveying. Big, big old guns just ready to, ready to do what they had to do if the motorcade were to come under attack. So you have all of these vehicles that are involved in this, and they're staged out in front of this sort of storefront where the campaign headquarters is. it's dark is. and it's raining. Yeah, kind of nasty or, night. Yeah. And here's what happened. <laughs> that is president, actually, initially. Whoa. Whoa! So, rainy night, as Eric said, they're outside the campaign headquarters, cameras rolling, as there's always a pool camera pretty much any time the president moves around. Folks are gathered out there. You see the first lady exit first. She goes into the waiting SUV. And they're surrounded by people. They have Secret Service around there, but it's not a large crowd. And she sort of precedes uh, the president. He comes out next. Motorcade is there staged on the street. And the president comes out. First, he gets this. Actually, he was sort of more surprised by this. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? His answer was they're on the wrong polls. I thought it was cool that Channel 12 taught... You know, brought Colleen Henry out of retirement. <laughs> that was not and Colleen. Had her there to <laughs> that wasn't her. Total Stop Colleen it. Henry move, though. Oh, absolutely. Right? Just <laughs> ask, ask some jarring oh, yeah. question right there and get them to react, right? Said they were the wrong polls. Well, that's neither here nor there. What, what comes next, then, is the crash. It takes a few more steps toward the waiting vehicles. Yeah. 
So then you hear another car rev up, and then what happens is, Eric and I watched the video a bunch of different times, and you can watch it. It's super online. You just do Biden motorcade it's crash, and it'll yeah, come up. Yeah. And you can watch that whole thing that we just the described. The entire thing is captured on video, which in itself is fascinating because we see it from start to finish. And you hear that sound, and then the president reacts, I think, the way any regular person would react to hearing a, a large sound and crash. You, like, whoa. Oh, and he kind of kind of turned toward it, and he looked. To see what's going on. Do you know who else turned toward it and just looked like, whoa? <laughs> the Secret, the Secret Service, Service detail. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey. Oh, huh. huh. Wow, loud noise around the leader of the free world. Yeah. Who, it's my sworn duty to protect. Sounds like a car crash yeah, over How about there. that? I wonder, did he slam right into the motorcade? Everybody huh? okay? That? Yeah, I wonder yeah. if uh, it's Jerry down there. Eesh. And then it was like after several beats before... A couple of the agents seem to get around the president and be like, uh, we got to go. get him out of right, here. Let's get him out of open space. Yes. He's on a street. Just it's open sidewalk. space. I thought a, the term knee-jerk reaction comes from like your reflexes, right? When the doctor taps you on the knee and it goes, bing, yep. like that's just what happens. There's nothing you can do about it. I thought knee-jerk reaction in this case, you hear a loud bang and you're a Secret Service member charged with protecting the president with your life. Any bang, I don't care if it's a balloon popping. Or a trash can falling over. You at least run right towards him and get in front of his body instead of the, anybody hear that loud bang? But then even after that, moving him into the car seemed to take longer than it should have. I pulled this, ABC's Derek Dennis was reporting on the incident. He saw what we saw, but here's how he reported it. Biden seemingly startled at the sound of a crash as he left a visit to his campaign headquarters and was immediately rushed into his waiting SUV. Was he, though, <laughs> rushed Not immediately? Kind of casually, like, hey, we probably should get you in the car. I, it, it took way too long, in my opinion. And they didn't, like, you know, cover him and sort of throw him in the car, as you've seen, or he was sort of allowed, like, they were in front of him at this point, fair enough, but he kind of just got in the car he, since it was an SUV, he sort of, you know, when you step into a high-profile vehicle, there's a step up sometimes. So he appeared to, like, step up. His head was completely exposed above the vehicles. And again, I'm just watching this with wondering if someone has the worst intentions in mind. Like After we just heard what happened with yes, the car crashing into the detail. Real bad idea to have his head exposed in free space. That yeah, can't yeah. be how you draw it up. At least keep him underneath the, the car line so he's protected. He just kind of casually got into the car. There, there was a, at least their faces looked like there was a sense of urgency on the faces right. of the agents. But, I, but maybe, the, I mean, obviously them being there maybe changes things a little bit somehow. What I thought was so fascinating, though, is that the cameras immediately run half a block the other way and go get shots of the actual guy who crashed into this detail. He's got his hands up. There's like four agents. He's surrounded guns at him. with gun-drawn agents. Like they right? run right to it. Like the camera guys literally ran. How far do you think? Thirty yards? Yeah, there was that? no perimeter. They're right up on top of it. Right, maybe half a block. Right. And here's what Special Agent uh, Secret Service spokesperson uh, Steve Kopech said about it. He said there was no protective interest associated with this event, and the president's motorcade departed without incident. Kopech said. So I think what he was saying is, and it looks like there's no indication that the crash was intentional, that the president was targeted in any way. It's just, it's a rainy night. The guy had a, had a car wreck. Yeah. And maybe they could see, obviously it's different when you're watching it on a, on a screen versus being there. And that's, 
that's fine after you've done that analysis, but I still go back to like, isn't your initial reaction? Hey, <laughs> didn't see him really just, pop to it. It just seems so interesting to see uh, the president kind of acting like just a normal person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, might as well have him go down there and check on oh, the guy. You okay? Yeah. All right, you all right? We're we're all okay. Are you okay? <laughs> hey, Don't, God love you. <laughs> if, if you're, we'll call you. Don't try to get out. Are you hurting there? Don't. We've got insurance. Hey. Folks, hey Bill, come over here. You, get, right. you got the get a, you got the paperwork. Get the card. Can we get him a card? <laughs> it's walking over uh, to the guy. Most important thing is everybody's okay. That's we can replace the stuff. You want the ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna go get a bite. You want it? Had a tough night. Ah, oh, getting a wreck is the worst, right? Oh my gosh, what a terrible feeling. Your fault or not your fault. Either way, it's like, oh. You immediately are like, oh, here we go. Got to figure this out now. And, and then, too, like you exchange information, which is what you're supposed to do. But also, like, this is an age where exchanging information can get you. Right. That's uh, like not good things. So you're worried about that. And then immediately you begin awfulizing. At least that's what I do. My car is going to be in the shop. And what am I going to do? And where am I going to get the thing? I'm sure the president didn't have those concerns. On top right. of everything, though, this person had to hit. One of those beast cars, right? Yeah, and destroy his car. Yeah, it didn't it. give a lot of the point. Point. Yeah, there's barely even a scratch on the thing, and the guy's front end is completely crunched. Like slamming in a night rider. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to win that one. So, as we said, no indication there was anything intentional or nefarious. Just a guy had a bad night and got in a wreck. But would have liked to have seen the Secret Service, which has been much maligned of late as well. Guys sneaking into houses. That there's guarding. Oh, he's all kinds of weird stuff happening, it seems like. I'd like to have seen them hop to it a little bit. Yeah, come on. 821 at Wisconsin's Morning News. (laughs) 827 Wisconsin's Morning News. Good Morning America is showing me how to wrap things right now. That's the week ahead, uh, the week before the holiday standard content, isn't it? Uh, Here's the best way to wrap a present. Here's the best way to make a Christmas cookie. Oh, By the way, travel stress, is going to be... Stress. Stress. For you? Yeah, for everybody, right? No. The that wrapping, you. the stuff, that's, that's, what caused, that's what caused me to lose it. The wrapping? The getting, the, the, the planning, the, getting, the wrapping. Wrapping's no fun. Well, I'm not saying it's fun, but I'd rather wrap than have to... That's if the I had to choose part one in the process, thing, yeah, okay, choose right. one thing not to do, it's having to get a bunch of gifts. <laughs> I don't want. I like wrapping boxes actually, because you know it's fine. It's easy. Yeah. Figure it out. It's the oblong things, the stuff that doesn't. I cannot stand it. Do you stress about that? Yes, I'm th- actually thinking right. I'm cataloging what things I have that <laughs> don't fit in a box. Because your kid is going to see that and be like, like "What the f? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, right? They don't care. Yeah, they don't. That's no, my but point. My mom would care." Put in the they bag. come with a bunch of really poorly wrapped stuff. She <laughs> taught me better than that. Man, I'm going to have to make sure any gift I give you is professionally it's wrapped. That would be really nice because <laughs> I would think less of you. All right. Well, I did say people were going to die. Got to get to a quick Musk watch here. There's a lot of Musk this weekend. Um, actually, he doesn't want people to die. In fact, he wants the complete opposite of that. Now, this is not actually new. Elon Musk has said this before. That he's concerned about low birth rates. He, in fact, claims that low birth rates are more dangerous than global warming. He thinks that if we're losing and thinning generations behind us, that that's only going to cause issues uh, for the world as a whole. And he was in Italy 
And uh, he was talking to the, at this convention in Italy about it, and he basically said, my advice to all government leaders and people is to make sure you have children to create a new generation, or the culture of places like Italy, Japan, or France will disappear. And he said, keep on making Italians, essentially was his line given at this convention. So, with that said, he's not alone in being a billionaire who is calling for more people to have kids. We need more humans, says Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder. Yeah, but he wants them not just on Earth. Yeah, so Bezos, who obviously also is into the whole space exploration thing, says that he would love to see, you know, a trillion humans living in the solar system. He was on the Lex Friedman podcast that was released. How long would that take? What are we at, 8 billion? Get there. (laughs) Take a little while to get there. He said, we would have at any given time a thousand Mozarts and a thousand Einsteins. Our solar system would be full of life and intelligence and energy. He's just doing math. Like if, okay, if if X number of billion people produced Einstein, yeah. produced Mozart, produced right. the greats. This is interesting to me because I always thought the uh, those who were in the 1% were always the opposite. Like... Let's call the herd. Like, weren't the Rockefellers big on that? Like, the popu- depopulation. Keep it down. Yeah, that if you have too many people, it's only going to cause more stress and whatnot on the planet, on the ecosystem. I felt like that was the, the conversation starting in the 80s. So yeah. Like, the global population exploding. We can't feed this many people. We can't, you know, the impact on climate. So these two are saying the opposite. And by the way, did you know, I, I never would have guessed that. They really don't even know each other. I figured that they would be pals, or at least would run in the same circle from time to time. Here's that they what, would have no choice but to bump into each other because <laughs> yes. they're at the same conventions? Here's what Bezos said. I don't really know Elon very well, but he said he liked the idea of forming a friendship with him. <laughs> so is that what we want, Musk and Bezos hanging out? If he would like to be friends with But then that's immediately awkward. If you're like two people who think you should meet, that's weird. Yeah. And then they would actually, I mean, they compete a little bit, right, with all the space stuff, don't they? Yeah, what's, uh, Amazon's space stuff is quiet, though. He's not even, uh, he's not even. Blue Origin? Yeah, keeping up with Virgin guy. Virgin Atlantic. Well, who was the one that, like, took out, uh, took up Captain Kirk and whatnot, like, in those guys? Was that Blue Origin? That was Bezos, wasn't it? I thought, no. Yeah, that was Bezos. Was it? Yeah. So he's doing that, Debbie. He's doing the celebrities in space cowboy hat as he goes up. Bezos. <laughs> and there's your mustache. And there it is. <laughs> nothing to add to this, guys. There is some chance that above zero, that AI will kill us all. That time you say the pancake, are you going to mix in some holiday music? It's a week away. <laughs> what we got. Greg Pancake Hill producing the program here with hey. our... Unique holiday flair. If you are flying anywhere outside of the country, I have some good news for you. Okay. It's not going to take as long to get your passport anymore. I always wonder why that. I mean, that takes a long time. It's going to be six months. Yes. Well, it shouldn't take that long anymore. It's still about six weeks. The State Department says passport processing times have returned to the pre-pandemic level, six to eight weeks or two to three weeks for expedited services. It says in the past year, there was an unprecedented demand, more than 24 million, the highest in the nation's history. That's CBS's Cameron McCormick. So they've gotten through that. So hopefully this would mean that you can get something done quicker. You don't have to run the Chicago like Lori. 
Nickel had to Man. do to get her passport. That's the thing. I think that that first time through, people generally know it takes a long time to get these, right? So you you think that through. If you're getting your passport for the first time, or your kids need a passport for the right. first time, yep. right? Kind of go through that. But it's that. Wait, this is expired. <gasps> <laughs> now what? Right, I need it now, sort of thing, where you'd hope that they could be more attentive. So for expedited, she said two to three weeks. That sounds yep. phenomenal. I mean, we weren't getting that very much in the last several years. You know, so. it didn't take long. I got cleared because we have, you know, now with a daughter where it requires an airplane to go see her. Yeah. <laughs> New York and college. Figured I'll probably be traveling more, and I went to the TSA clear. Oh, you right. went to clear. No, wait. Pre check. Okay, no, I did the pre check. Clear costs Clear's a little the bit super, more. Right. Yeah. Clear costs more, and then you just like basically just give the guy a nod when you go through. <laughs> <laughs> right. Closer. Hey, yeah, Vinny. No, but the the pre check is where they've done somewhat of a background check mm-hmm. on you. Yep. You don't have to take your shoes off. Oh my god, totally short. worth the money. I but love that took it. days e to get it. Yeah, just days. And I went to one of those things from time to time they'll set up a they'll set up shop for a week or so at right. Mitchell or some of these yep. other places. You can go anytime and make an appointment locally. But uh, yeah, it took like it was days if that before I got the email back. Yep, all checked out. You're set. Here's your little number. Then you feel super important when you're able to walk important. through. Yeah, like mm, yes. the rest of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of you cattle in yeah. line here. I'm in a much smaller line. Mm. Keeping my belt on. <laughs> How about that? That pre-check thing. We were uh, coming back from Alaska this past summer. Um, in Seattle, the line was longer in the pre-check than it was for no. just regular. You can run into that. Well, we that's were... also SeaTac. That airport's awful, that's by true. the way. That's true. You're right. Uh, Orlando, another terrible yeah. airport for trying to get out of there. I mean, last time we came out of there, it was like a Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> at 4 p.m. Just backed up into... Yeah. Why? But yeah, you get. I think coming back from Washington when I was on the trip, uh, there were it, it was at least as long in the in the okay. pre-check line as it was the other. Mm. So it doesn't always save you a ton of time, but but when it does, it does. It's kind of like kind of like when you have the choice of the carpool lane or the regular lane getting on the thing, and they're both backed up, <laughs> but you still go in the carpool lane, right? It's of like, course, just like, I've earned can. this. I got yeah. two people in the car here. Eight forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news. Eight forty six, Wisconsin's morning news. Do you have that? Do you have that Coach Lafleur bite again from this morning? So he was, <laughs> was peppered, so peppered, right? That's yeah, the right word. Sure, with sure questions yesterday from the friendliest media corps in the National Football League. Okay. By the way, all right, right? Like this is S- not says you. Right, this isn't Philadelphia <laughs> where they like just poke at these guys for sport. You okay. know. <laughs> Okay, so like, anyway, fair enough. He's getting after, some tough questions after here. the game. Uh, the, the as he should, the the he was peppered with questions about Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, and whether or not it's time to move on from him, either now or after the season. They're, they're, Three weeks ago, whoa, I mean, they're beating us. I mean, they're out coaching us, they're out scheming us, uh, and out playing us. Ultimately, I'm, I'm sorry, I talked over the front of it. You want to hear that again? Right, they're they're. <laughs> Whoa. I mean... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is our team right that now. Is, that is not a great... Uh, they're, wh- I, they're... They're... Whoa. I mean... <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> when you're sort of ending your thought on... I mean... 
I like, know. It's him going like, yeah, I know. Do you know what I'm fascinated I by? Too. I can't recall another coach <laughs> saying as often as he does that we've been out coached. Yeah. Most coaches, I don't think, admit that when they lose. Mm-hmm. But he'll say it almost after every game they lose. He's like, yeah, we were out coached. I think Lori Nichols hinted at that a little bit, that the ownership that he takes for losses resonates with the players of like, it's not just going to go in there and scream at guys as if I'm blameless here, you know, right. like that. So uh, maybe a that little bit of a tactic better, there, right? We all, yeah. We're a we, you know, yeah. it's on me can, and you, I, whatever. I can appreciate that. Okay. I just don't think he should say it as often <laughs> as he does. every time. What, what, uh, I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen, while... While that was going on, I was conducting a very important interview as well, Eric. Is that right? Asking the hard questions. You were also peppering questions? Okay. (laughs) No, I went to the game yesterday. Super great experience because no matter the outcome of the game, to to go to a game at Lambeau Field is a a privilege, and it's it's super cool. And been a minute since I've been up there. Memory for life. Took my daughter, who's my good Packer fan, you know, really into it, starting to really like football, understanding it, and so it was Special for us was a birthday gift that we'd promised her. I'm like, I'll get you up to a game this year. And so we finally were able to make that happen. But I ran into Tundra Man, Frozen Tundra Man. Oh, yes. After we talked about him like a couple of weeks ago. He was the one that was talking to Simone Biles, right? Yeah. I told you. Now, we caught up like old friends. I told you I interviewed him. I knew I had interviewed that guy like 20 years ago. Did he remember you? He, he did. You want some of that? So first of all... Asking him about, I'll get to the Simone Biles stuff. Let me go backwards first. Ask him, this is the guy that dresses up. You see him on TV every game because how can you not? He's one of the more colorful characters walking around out there. He's got the replica of Lambeau Field like on his head. Mm-hmm. Everything's covered in ice. Yep. He's got icicles hanging off the his feet. Frozen tundra. Right. Yep. It says frozen tundra on the front of him and whatever. So he dresses himself up like this game, uh, like that for every game. And I asked him, like, how long. You know, to get in the getup here. Hey, it's great to see you again. How long you does too. it take for you to get um, in this whole getup? Well, the face is about an hour to hot glue it up, and then about an hour and a half, two hours to you know I douse it with fingernail polish remover and get in there with a little exacto blade and try to. It, it's a slow process. Your eyes really water bad. I'm telling you, it's painful. <laughs> How's the business? Good. Business is doing yeah. good. Everything's well. I'm retired now, so I still make hats here yeah. and there for people and stuff like that, but not like I used to. So. Awesome. But yeah, thank you, Vince. You got stuff to do. Great Man, to see you, pal. Great to see you too. Right. Thank yep. you for stopping. Looking great. Thank you. Exacto knives off the glue that he <laughs> uses face. to stick the stuff to his face. He's hey, committed, man. It's worth the, the ultimate in exfoliating. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right? a great point. So he's and and very generous with his time. I mean, obviously, if you go there dressed like that, you know, people are going to want to take their picture. Absolutely. With you. I mean, he couldn't get two steps, and then there was somebody else, and then somebody else, and it was clear like at some point he was trying to get into the game, but he stopped for everybody. That's cool. It was super cool, and so many people wanted their picture taken with him. I saw a bunch of other characters. I, t- I texted you and Greg some because I like people. I like characters. I like someone who says, this is what I'm doing today. I'm not just going to the game. Who knows if some of these folks even have tickets? It wouldn't surprise me if all they did was show up and walk around out there. It's almost like Times Square. <laughs> yes. It's really close to Times Square. Except for they don't charge you to take a picture with them. They're just happy to do it. Right. They're Packers fans. Minions guy was out there. This is the guy. And I've seen this dude before. He dresses like as one of the Minions and then, but he's got like Packer garb on, and this yeah, time like he has a Santa, Santa suit. Hat on. You sent me one. It looked like Santa Claus wearing a Mandalorian helmet with Packers <laughs> colors. <laughs> it was like a green and gold Mando helmet. Oh, fantastic! And then he's also doing 
Santa outfit. It's a fan right there. He's walking around taking that. pictures with people, of, of course. Of course, yeah, as he should. One lady I really liked, I, I'm just referring to her as Solstice Lady because she looks like sort of one of these like winter witches or something like that. <laughs> okay. She's got she's got like some sort of crown of icicles, and then she's all makeuped up in green and gold sort of makeup, not face paint, but like, you know, done up like that and sparklies all over. And then she had like a queen's cape like that went all the way down. It was made of Packer's material. A big G on the back, and then she was all done up on the front and everything. Yeah, doing pictures and whatnot. Yeah. So she runs into Packers president, Mark Murphy. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't, I think I'm fumbling with my camera to catch this moment because it's going to be great. So what was Murphy doing out there? So he's out in the parking lot. I ran into, you know, Aaron Popke, right? He's been yeah, with the Brewers and PR for like a hundred years, yeah. right? Aaron great and I guy. started right around the same time doing our various mm-hmm. respective things. I'm like, hey, what gives? One of the fans out in the parking lot was tailgating, and it was a, a milestone game. I can't remember what Popke said to me. The name, the number five hundred, stands out. That seems not right. Wow, five hundredth game. That can't be right. Like I, I believe that eight to ten a season, depending on playoffs or whatever. A long time. Nonetheless, this fan had reached some milestone attendance, and Murphy came out to talk to him, which was super cool. And there are a bunch of cameras there, of course, and they're catching that. So I'm just overlooking this. And I didn't have any business with Mark. Like, I didn't need to bother him, whatever. But you know who did? Solstice Lady. <laughs> right up there. I, I'm, <laughs> shaking his hand. I'm, I'm sure he humors it, right? He's like, hello. hello. He was. He's very gracious. But Hi, obviously Solstice had Lady. other things to get back to. But had to think, right? As soon as they get back behind closed doors, got to be some conversation about these characters out here, right? <laughs> hey, did you, see, did you see the one with the, with the icicles and the head? Woof. <laughs> I bet he knows them all. He's probably seen them multiple times. Yeah, and well, and some of them are regulars. So you hey, got Mando. Frozen Tundra guy. You got her. <laughs> it's, it's oh, Mando guy. <laughs> hey, Ted. <laughs> he knows their actual name. Yeah, I'm sure he does. And Mando guy gets bent out of shape over that. Oh, I'm not. I'm. I'm Mandalor. I'm Packer. I'm Packerlorian. Right? <laughs> Whatever. He's glossed himself. I, I'm Packerlorian. Place, yes. Right. Yes. When I'm in character. Another guy dressed head to toe. Just. It's funny. Just I just think of Murphy. Like these are your people, man. These every, are your characters. Every time he's out there, he's probably good, owners, right? and they have business <laughs> yeah, with you. Owners, you better go out You're there right. and talk to them. <laughs> Eight fifty four on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all year. I'm growing tired of all this Christmas cheer. It's an important message. Kind of be nice to all the people you can't stand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just for a couple of days. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Story of the day, actually, we thought it was going to be the morning snow showers. They haven't really materialized so much. But the gusting winds up to 45 miles yeah. an hour will drop wind chills into the teens. And they're mostly clear tonight. Cold temperatures down to 19. My daughter's 16, going on 17, so... You know, taking your kid to the Packer game. It's not like a little one, but still, kids are kids. I told her it was kind of misty and weather wasn't great for the game. But I'm like, look, if you had told me mid-December at Lambeau Field it's going to be 40 or something like that, maybe a little mist, or you can take your chances, I would take take this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Have you ever been at like super cold weather game? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, Packers Cowboys playoffs a couple years ago. Yeah. That was that oh, infamous uh, cowboy catch slash drop or whatever game. Or no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty cold. I was at, I've told you, my wife and I were at, when we were dating, in college, at the original Lambeau Leap game, where Leroy did that for the first time. That was, at least at the time, I'm not sure where it stands up now, at the time they had said it was the third coldest kickoff temperature in Packers history. believe it was like three. (laughs) (laughs) Air temp. That's not fun. Like, it's cool to say, I was there, you know, and you ice bowl folks, I know there are a few of you left out there. I was at the ice bowl. Okay, that's cool. But otherwise, you're just cold. <laughs> this is miserable. You can't move, and you stand up to cheer, and then you try to sit down, and there's no seat left because everybody's in seven layers. Well, it doesn't sound like we're going to see anything quite like that before Christmas. Yeah, look at this. Quiet weather. I've got mid-40s through the week pretty much. Uh, Tuesday's high is 36, but then back into the mid-40s. And is Nansky not optimistic about a white Christmas this year? Pretty low chances.